What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Levers Podcast. I'm on your Lever Lads, Teach. I'm with my usual co-conspirators, Chris Heaney, Sam Hake, Crisp, and Shake, respectively. Top lads. Um, today we're going to be going back to basics. We're discussing another topic in the realm of health, wellness, and fitness. I think it's been a bit since we've um, been swimming in these waters, um, but it feels natural to come back. Today we're going to be ta- discussing sort of a, um, a bedrock principle um, in the idea that we are optimizing for health, um, but there's an opportunity cost to everything. And so we're trying to spend the fewest resources possible to do so. I think there are two sort of structural ideas that I would like to introduce that I think um, they, they, they uh, muddy people's journey to deep health. And one is um, in health, wellness, fitness, diet, there's so much advice out there. Um, it can be just dizzying to navigate it all. And there's so many people that want to make money off the little trinkets or snake oil they want to sell you. And so it's up to you to navigate all that. And that can be so, so discouraging to the point that you, you don't even open the door in the first place. Um, or you sort of outsource it to a trainer, or, you know, another person trying to peddle you something. Um, and the other thing is, uh, we all have very active lives. Um, and it seems that there's this idea that you need a whole bunch of time and money um, set aside to achieve deep health. And so there's this idea that we don't have enough time to do it, so we prioritize other things. Um, and we're going to try to cut through the chaff on, on both those today as we discuss kind of optimizing health um, and doing it the cheapest way possible. Yeah. Yeah, the minimum effective dose. and. I think um, when when Shaney and I interviewed you, TJ, uh, the, you know, one of the principles that you recommended for kind of navigating the, the confusing world of health and fitness was um, taking an evolutionary perspective on everything. And I think that that's, um, I think that's really helpful. So I know one of the first things is, um, you know, what, what, what type of training? What's the type of training you can do where you're spending the least amount of time, money, and um, thought. So I, maybe not even with training, but when it comes to when it comes to anything, I think that that's kind of the theme of the episode, right? The the least amount of like the, the least amount of the least cost for the most results, uh, relatively, right? Um, and right. you know, if anybody follows TJ on Instagram, they see him like a damn gorilla out there, you know, dive, you know climbing up trees, doing pull-ups on trees, you know, uh, hopping in a frozen lake and just doing wild shit like that. But I think, um, it kind of is just part of your, your principles, right? Like you, you can, you go a hundred percent for a short amount of time and expose your body to a lot of stress and then that's it. Right. You don't have to think about it the rest of the day. Um, you know, comparatively, I know I've I've kind of gone down, down this path <clears throat> where you know I was listening to a lot of bodybuilders and powerlifters and I was like trying to optimize for every little thing and it just took up so much thought in my head where I'm like am I eating protein every three hours um, am I am I right. am I getting the perfect amount of caloric deficit where I'm not you know lowering my m- metabolic rate but I'm still losing fat at this rate right like counting the calories down to the down to the uh, you know decimals basically 
And um, yeah, I think I, I think it's, I've definitely come back to just like, what's simple, what's effective, what's, what's, uh, what fits into my life. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Maybe we could start off and kind of each of us give a little bit of what our, what our approach is right now, um, what, you know, with kind of on this topic, Chris, do you want to, uh, do you kind of want to hop in and give us, uh, give us an idea of, of what you're doing in terms taste. of, yeah, give us, <laughs> give us a little taste. um a little little syntactic syntactic sugar please um well i've been kind of roaming recently so i'm in chicago right now um but usually when i'm at home in santa barbara i actually have a a little gym set up in my garage that i use Uh, my main thing is just trying to i guess make it as cognitively easy as possible to work out. So doing it the same time every day, kind of having a habit um, and not overthinking it too much. So I guess I, I'm a big proponent of um, not over optimizing because when you over optimize, you make it like harder on yourself. So like not, I, I don't spend a lot of time like trying to figure out a bunch of different exercises to do or like, what's the, what's going to lead to the most amount of calories burned or putting on the most strength, et cetera. I just kind of have a basic foundation of like, you know, um, bench press or push ups or pull ups, et cetera, the simple stuff. Um, and then recently, so that, I think that's one of my main pillars is just having a simple routine that you do every day and, and sticking to it. And then recently I've been trying to, um, kind of make it such that I'll go for an intense shorter period of time instead of doing like a bunch of exercises for more reps over a longer period of time. Um, I think the benefit there is, uh, well, one, it takes less time, which is nice. And two, I think it's actually harder. Like I think part of the reason we want to just do like these really long but slow workouts is because it, it each instant is easier um right but then overall it's like you get you actually get a worse workout in and then if you just like went 20 minutes for um like really hard so an example of that instead of just doing like a bunch of a, be- a bunch of sets on bench press i'd rather do like a lot of push-ups really fast and just be gassed after like essentially like five or ten minutes um and so those are kind of my things are you know, consistently working out, making it easy to get into the workout. And then when I do it, trying to make it so that I just get to kind of exhaustion pretty quickly so that it saves time. That's, that's my taste of crisp. Yeah. Um, for me, um, so for, for everything in, in, uh, in health and wellness, I, I try to use a, um, sort of a primitive approach in that, um, I, structure the behavior around uh, what would have been present uh, in our hunter-gatherer past. And so you can use that for pretty much everything. It's a pretty simple model um, and it tends to work and it allows you to sort through all the noise out there and figure out what makes sense and what doesn't. So anyway, you can use that so for, for exercise in particular. Um, I do very, very high intensity stuff for short periods of time, um, six days a week. 
and the rest of the time I'm doing constant low level activity. So it kind of mirrors the sort of pattern that you'd see of a hunter, right? The hunter's roaming for a long time, tracking, um, walking with, uh, with the troop. And then when there's something to kill, it's, you know, 30 seconds to a minute of balls to the wall. I'm not doing 30 seconds or a minute. I usually do 20 minutes, 25, but it's nonstop for that session. Um, Lots of muscle tearing, lots of intensity, lots of endorphins. Um, and then for the rest of the day, it's, you know, six, seven, eight miles of walking. So it's sort of that barbell effect that mirrors our past. Uh, I don't really go in the gym anymore. Um, I don't really like how linear and non-functional it feels. Um, I see a lot of people getting injured in the gym. Uh, I feel like you see a lot for, for sort of outdoorsmen, people that, um, you know, kayaking, swimming, hiking, surfing. I think you see a lot more, a lot less injuries across the board. And I think that's for good reason, developing sort of functional strength. Um, I'll walk outside, go hiking barefoot, um, get sunlight, do sauna, uh, just sort of try to mirror the volatility um, that our, that our genes were, were kind of adapted to. Uh, I change it up. And one last thing is um, on a, from a, from a week, from the, the past week, um, I always try to one up, um, one up what I could do that week. And so that kind of pushes the body further and further and further, gets you stronger, uh, moves your baseline forward. Um, and I think that's kind of a good, it's also a good mind game. Right? Yeah. To push yourself a little bit further each week to stay in the, in the ice, cold water a little bit longer, to stay in the sauna longer, yada, yada, yeah. yada. So I think it's a good practice. Yeah, I think, um, and I think that's something that people don't understand, but like it was, a similarity between both of your guys routines is like training to failure. Um, and in the gym, like most of the people who were working out, I think don't like, they don't work out as hard as they actually should if they want to get stronger and like improve their body composition. Um, because like the, the way I understand it, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. Right. But, those those reps that you're like those last few reps that are so hard and it's burning and you're like you know let's say you're doing push-ups and you're like shaking and you're barely getting up right like and you literally can't do anymore like those last reps are like what triggers the muscle protein synthesis because it's literally kind of like you pointed out tj it's like you're you're putting your body in condition and saying you have to adapt to this um otherwise right. if you're just doing the same thing like your body's going to, your body's going to, your body's not going to change, right? Your body's going to, if it can, if it can withstand the current conditions, whether that be, you know, lifting, sauna, whatever, it's going to say, okay, well, we don't have to change because we can do this already easily, right? Um, yeah. So. Hormesis. Yeah. Because, and I also agree with Chris. It's like, if, I, I think, I think the, I think something I'm thinking about is just like, you got to look at the big picture, right? Um, if you're trying to do every single thing optimally to like build the most muscle and be the most lean you can, like, th like that, that's not what we're talking about, right? Like we're talking about the big picture. What, what helps us, um, keep our lives simple and focus on, you know, intellectual business endeavors while maintaining our health, while, while improving our, you know, our muscle mass, whatever. Um, but it, but it has to be simple, right? It has to fit in with everything. And so. Um, for, for me, I was going to say like, I've, I've been lifting pretty much every day and in the morning I'll do like a little hit workout. I'll get out in the sun and just kind of do some plyometric stuff to, that's like really intense to failure for 
10, 20 minutes. Then I'll get, I'll get to work. I like to use the standing desk, kind of like move around a little bit. Um, it's not really exercise, but it just kind of helps the blood flow. And then I like to lift in the afternoon for, you know, maybe 40 minutes. Um, and in the past I used to lift for sometimes like an hour and a half and like do like really heavy squats and have to rest five minutes in between each set. Right. And it definitely made me stronger, but the, the amount of time and energy that took, it just, I don't know. I think there's kind of this threshold where you can work out enough to where you have more energy through the day, as opposed to like working out to where you fucking just kill yourself and you're like, can't, you don't even want to like work, you know? Um, so I try to kind of get on that threshold where it's like, I'm training to failure, but I'm not like exhausting myself to the point where I can't do my job later on. Um, so that's kind of, uh, my approach. I think I, I, I kind of take the absolute failure approach the best I can. I mean, you, you can never push yourself to like true failure where you're fainted. Um, but I do, I find that like in the five minutes after a really intense hit workout, so like 20 minutes bowls to the wall, like I feel devastated, but then like very quickly the body rebounds. And if you're putting your body through that over and over again, typically like it won't, it, it's not going to ruin my day unless I injure myself. Um, but I think there's like a bunch of things in there that we can discuss. Uh, first, the standing desk. I think that's an amazing example of merging buckets of your life that for some reason modern society has bifurcated. So you're merging the exercise and the professional bucket there, right? Like you're, you're literally burning calories as you type at your desk. <laughs> um, Chris and I just finished a, a book um, by Vaclav Smil, who is one of Bill Gates' favorite writers. He's sort of expert on energy. Um, and when you're standing, I believe you're using 30% more energy than your, your basal metabolic rate, which is your um, sort of your homeostatic burn rate. And so just by standing, right, which may allow you to think a little bit better, blood flow is a little bit easier. Um, you, you're, you're making inroads into your caloric deficit already. And if you do that for six hours a day, which at the beginning is hard, but quickly the body adapts and that's really, really good progress, right? And people talk about this idea is a huge idea that I, I can't get healthy because it takes so much time, right? But if you if you break that down to the first principle, um, it takes so much time because you're separating your exercise time from the rest of um, the buckets you allocate your time to. So you're not socializing while exercising. You're not doing work while exercising. So exercise all the way over here takes us hour and a half. It's also in the gym, so there's commute time. It's also in the gym, so there's cash you have to pay for it, right? But breaking down those barriers makes um, healthy habits and optimizing for health uh, all the more achievable and, and kind of reasonable. Another great example of, of, um, of smashing down those barriers between buckets is, like a lot of us are working at home right now, right? We, we take a lot of calls. Well, you can go and walk while you're doing that call. You get some sunlight, right? You're burning calories. You're walking. Um, there are ways to do it um, that are simpler um, and, and less kind of facile of an excuse than I don't have time. Yeah, something I do is I like listening to podcasts and audiobooks, and I just only do it kind of when walking. Um, that's also because I'm fortunate to live in Santa Barbara most of the year. 
So there's always walking weather. Sometimes in Chicago, it's less uh, hospitable to walking. But um, I guess the reason I do that is I, I want to be learning something from these podcasts and audiobooks. But then there's like, a, I get a double benefit from walking and being outside. Um, and I think that's a general mental model is like, what are activities that I get benefits on multiple fronts? Because there's, yeah, the opportunity cost of your time. And so if you can do something that benefits you in multiple ways, it's easier to just like, it's easier to feel good about it versus, yeah, if you go to the gym, you might be getting stronger, but you have to sit in traffic and pay the money and do all these things, all this friction, and you only get one benefit, which is like working out, then you're, you're going to just maybe write it off. Um, versus me, it's like, oh, I can go on a nice walk, get a little bit of exercise, and then also you know, hear about how crypto's gonna take over the world, then it's double benefit. <laughs> uh, another great one is like when you're with lads or, you know, with people, you should like you go on a hike, you know, and you're rechecking in with your people, right? Spending time with them. You're also out in the sun, getting that hike done. Like there are ways to do it or surfing or biking with friends. Like there's a lot of ways where you can, you can hit those, those two birds with one stone. Yeah, I mean, even like to 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 uh, to just plug uh, a, sort of an interesting figure here. Um, there's a there's a doctor called Doug McGuff, um, and he wrote a book called Body by Science. And if you really break it all the way down to its extremes, um, Doug McGuff shows that with about 20 minutes of work a week, one to two sessions, um, full body sessions, um, you're able to put on notable amounts of muscle 20 minutes a week like not this is not like those four minute ab blaster youtube ads you see this is like this is like this is a medical doctor and he breaks down the muscle types understands how which ones respond um very well cited so if you really want to be extreme about it the doug mcguff strategy requires no time per week um just a very sort of deliberate design of your workout actually the way he runs it um, is I think it's called the big five. Um, and so it hits every plane in the body. So I think it's like, you know, there's a chest press, there's a lat pull down. Um, there's something for shoulders. Then there's like squats and deadlifts. And he does each exercise to f absolute failure. So for like 90 seconds straight, he'll do one of the five. And then one, the, once the five are done, you're done. So if you really want to break it down, it's not so much about you not having the time. It's more so about how much, um, how much load can you put into every minute of, of the workout time? I think that's what's harder, right? Because that forces people to like reckon with their, their demons and push past their point of failure, which is, which is a big ask, but it's doable. It's not about yeah. time. Yeah. And so, you know, a Doug couple of things. Doug is a cool name. Yeah. Doug McGough. Um, I need to yeah, check that out. A couple of things that, that um, that I think are helpful are like when, you know, if, if you're, if you're relatively strong, right. And you're doing pushups, it, it, it might take, you know, a couple minutes to go to failure. Right. But if you, but you can do like a decline pushup or even like a one arm pushup, I can't, I can barely do one, one arm pushup. Right. So it's like, that takes one second to go, go to failure, but it's, um, it's triggering, you know, right. the muscle protein synthesis. Um, so yeah, I, I think 
I think it can be really simple, but it's just about the the intensity and the progressive overload, right? And then on the other hand too, I know we're talking more about training, but I think the nutrition part of this, um, I mean, I'm obviously we had a whole episode about fasting and I think that that kind of ties in nicely here because that on a, on a bigger picture, like I know for me, let's say I ever since we did the fasting episode, I've been doing like one or one meal a day, or at least not eating till five, 6 PM. And maybe I'll have two meals, but, um, it's made it so simple. And then when the time comes to eat, like healthy food is, it's, it's, it's sounds super good. Right. Where if I'm eating like a breakfast, lunch, and dinner, even if I'm trying to like diet, like I'm like, Ooh, like I want something, you know, I want something tasty. Right. But, um, I think just keeping it, keeping it simple in that sense as well. Like I know, I know TJ, you put a note here about shopping. Right. And, um, I love what you said. If it like just buy just enough groceries for what you need. Um, and when you run out, Hey, you can go for a fast. If you don't have time to go to the, the grocery store, right. That could be a chance to, to put your body under, yeah. under extra stress. <clears throat> exactly. And it's just, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's just cognitively easy, right? Like you just, you want to, you want to govern your environment such that the bad shit cognitively difficult, the good shit cognitively easy. So if you go to the, if you go to the store and you don't fill up on all of this sort of like these profligate snacks and they're just loitering around in your house, like begging for you to lose your willpower and you just have stuff that's super healthy, the bare minimum, that's the stuff you're going to eat because there's no option around it to sort of be, it's a Ulysses pack. And then when the food's gone, it's, it's, there's no better time for a fast because the barrier to um, abandoning that fast is pretty big. You got to get in the car, you got to go to the store, you got to spend money. Um, so just yeah, sort of simplifying your environment to ensure that um, you're making the right decisions at the right time. And that's another reason why the, why the gym is, being able to do your work outside the gym is great. Um, because, you know, if gym's closed, if the gym's far, if it's raining out, you're still going to do your usual routine, routine in the back backyard, you know, carrying boulders, sprinting, barefoot hiking, whatever. Just simple. Make 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 the good things simple. And uh, carrying boulders. It's easier to say say habitual. I like that shit. Yeah, we got some we got some good we got some good we got some good boulders out here. I'm trying to make a wall right now. Um, and the way it works upstate is the old property lines are all these like, incredible um, dry stone walls, like back in the day from when they were farms. And so they line the properties, but they're down in these, in these gullies. And so I've been going down to this one property uh, line wall, getting boulders, bringing them up and making my wall outside the sauna. It's just a tremendous workout. You look at the watch and I'm like 30 minutes, like you'd be blown away by the calories that are shredded. Like that's awesome. 750 in 30 minutes. It's, 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 it's absurd. That's awesome. I think um, a, uh, a thought that, you guys made me think of is um it's very common to think that like you need to put in all this effort and that somehow like the the output is tied to effort and like i i'm very susceptible to this bias like i just like oh i need to put in more effort if i want to get more results um but it it turns out a lot in life that it's like they're, they're it's the simple things that are it's the like minimal amount of effort that makes the biggest difference. It's kind of like the 80, 20 rule. Um, 
so in investing, it's like putting your money in the index fund. Um, is a good example where it's like a quick dis uh, one decision that then can make you all this, uh, can make you end up making most of your money um, in your retirement account or whatever. I think similarly with exercise, it's like you can do a very quick but intense workout um, for 20 minutes and get all the benefits that you could get from working out for two hours. And for some reason, there's just like this natural like bias or heuristic that we have that's like, well, unless I do a lot of work, I get I get no results, right? So that's why I'm like, oh, I need to go to the gym for an hour. Otherwise, I'm like cheating myself and I'm not going to get any impact. But it's like, that's not how it actually works in reality, um, which is kind of, which is kind of crazy. Um, so I'm just kind of like reflecting on my, my own bias to over index to input instead of thinking about like, okay, what, what, where is the output actually coming from? Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. It's, it's, uh, I think the idea of minimum effective dose plays in well there, right? Like after the 25 minutes, like that's your minimum effective dose. You could be at the gym for another two hours, but like every hour after the MED is hit or every minute after the MED is hit, like your returns diminish marginally, right? So it's kind of like, I mean, if you have all day, then all right, maybe go to the gym for three hours, but you're not getting nearly as much out of the latter two or the latter two and a half as, as the first 30 minutes. Yeah, this yeah, is I definitely something that- bias that... or heuristic comes from school. Yeah, it's definitely Go something that, that that I've been um, thinking about a lot in just like the past year. Like, again, the big picture is this worth the the time and and thought, you know, to put into it. Like, yes, I'll get you know marginally more results, but in the big picture of it, is this where I, what I want to prioritize? Um, and like I said again, like worrying about if I had enough protein within this window, like you know, every th three hours getting a protein feeding, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll build a little bit more muscle, but like having to think about that can distract me from right. doing other things that are more important, right. you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I we, love we, it. Like we've talked about this. Thing. So what, so sorry, sorry to interrupt you. What, what's uh teach, what are some, you know, if, if people are going to the gym, right, I'm kind of asking for myself what are the important things to focus on with, you know, the 20, 30, 40 minutes that you do want to spend in the gym? Yeah. So I, I would say the things that are important to focus on are, uh, your, your intensity level, um, trying to get the heart rate really, really high per exercise, really pushing yourself like no, you know, four minute rests, like get after it. Um, and you want to hit the compound lift. Um, which I think is, is pretty well known at this point, you, you know, avoid the, the bicep curls and the tricep pushbacks and calf raises, um, get stuff that's, that's multi-planar, which is to say it, um, uses multiple planes, um, use big parts of the muscular chains of the body. So something like pull-ups, right? That's going to hit every single body, uh, on the posterior chain of the upper body. Um, push-ups are a great one. Everything in the anterior chain of the body. So compound lifts and intensity. After that, you know, don't complicate it. Just get in there, put in your time, do the big compound lifts, drink some water, get out of there. Like you're saying, like with the calorie counting, it, it kind of sucks because for all this extra work, sort of like Chris was saying, like all this extra effort and focus and planning 
gives you such a tiny little output, like there's opportunity cost to that. I think it's the same for like, for a lot of things and exercise and, and health. Um, just take broad strokes at what the right activities are and then don't worry about so much what specific granularity is coming out. Just do the thing and be consistent about it day in, day out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a routine, think, like, like doing like the, like just getting in a routine and maybe you take a week or two to learn it, whether it's diet, like, let's say someone is worried about calories and they're like, okay, you know, if you just, if you just find like a couple meals and you kind of clock, okay, this is a 500 calorie, this is 700 calories, whatever. And you just do this, doing the same thing every day, I think is going to be, at least for me, that's, that's one of the best um, ways to go about it because then it, there's no planning. There's no, there's no tracking. You just are like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I know right. I'm doing it. I don't now. I don't have to even think about it. Um, and you get that time right. and, and kind of space in your head back. I think another interesting thing um, is that, and I, I've heard this before, but because it was in the energy book we just read, I didn't think about it more. Is the different ways our body uses energy so there's anaerobic exercise where your body's um basically using the uh like stored stored energy that's already um in your body to to like actually do like uh the exercise versus uh aerobic um state where your body is uh like using the oxygen in that very moment to to as energy for the workout um, and TJ or Sam could probably explain that way better because I don't know a ton about this, but basically when you're doing a really intense workout, you're in an anaerobic state, which means your body is using previously stored energy and fat to, to, uh, power the workout versus if you do very long exercises where your body, where your heart rate isn't as high, um, you're in the aerobic state and you're, you're not actually using stored fat. Um, so for a lot of people, their goal is just to be like slim. And in that sense, if you just want to be slim and like lose weight, then doing an anaerobic exercise is actually, uh, more conducive to that. And the only way you're going to do that is actually like short, intense workouts. Like you, you can't stay in an anaerobic state for very long. Um, so it's, it's kind of this example where, uh, to accomplish your goal, you actually need to just be doing short, intense workouts probably longer than long, low intensity workouts. I don't, did, did I butcher any of that? You guys can fact check me. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, that was chilling. Um, so it's kind of like this. I think that the, 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 the you, you, was it the, the anaerobic um, energy mechanism, lactic acid fermentation, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would wonder yeah, I mean, I mean, it's interesting for, for sure that the high, the high resistance, short bursts um, of explosion, and there's, there's so much more natural, there's so much more fitting to to our path as opposed to like jogging, like the way people do marathons today. Like, there wasn't really an equivalent to that for most of us. I mean, there were some persistent hunters in the savannah, but for the most part, that's kind of unnatural. So it would make sense. I mean, have you guys seen this crazy effect where? Some people who are marathon runners still maintain a gut despite being pretty good marathon runners. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, but but ultimately, I think it 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 kind of makes 
sense vis-a-vis what you just said, Chris, because when you don't access anaerobic pathways, um, and in fact, you're doing high volume, low load aerobic work, um, there's no mobilization of fat storage. There's no, there's no need for it, right? Fat's in fact hoarded. It's a migratory phase. And so I think that's why you see that really funny effect where like someone can shred a pretty quick marathon, but like they got to have a pot. Yeah. yeah, it's because yeah. it, the way I think about it is kind of ev- like evolutionarily or, you know, w- what are you telling your body that it needs to, that it needs to be, right? And, um, yeah, like if you if you want to look like a marathon runner, then then run a marathon. But most people don't like want that physique, you know. Um, right. Yeah, I think there's there's two things here. There's um, there's the anaerobic versus aerobic, or like high intensity versus low intensity workouts, and the high intensity anaerobic exercises burns more fat. And then there's the like how you eat. So this kind of comes back to fasting, but your body goes into a different metabolic state based on um, how frequently you're eating. Um, so if you haven't eaten for a while, your body actually has to start um, using stored fat and stored energy um, for, your, for, your, for your metabolism versus if you're eating constantly, your body is expecting that it's getting energy from the environment. So it stops looking um, to be using stored, stored energy and stored fat. So just like kind of, I mean, obviously these are really reductive models and it's more complicated than that, but they can still guide this intuition that, okay, if I eat less frequently and I do high intensity workouts, my body is going to basically look to use stored energy more often, which is how you lose weight. Versus if I'm eating small amounts constantly, my body's never going to look to basically, uh, use stored fat and if i do really long workouts like two hour runs it's still not going to look to use stored energy and so it's kind of like you could put in all this effort and if you put in the effort the wrong way uh it, it doesn't it doesn't matter you know which which sucks but i mean it sucks and it's great you know it's like if you have a shorter path you could take the shorter path and get better results but if you don't see the shorter path you could just uh you can end up getting nothing in return, you know? So it's kind of unfair. So it's important, I guess, to set your direction correct to start. Uh, I, I really I really like that for, for another reason. Um, we talked earlier about how people who are trying to look after themselves are sort of forced into inaction because they don't know how to decide what to do, whether it means there's too much noise or they don't have the time or whatever. Um, but we, we can look to certain uh, universal frameworks that you can plug into any given situation and sort out how to act, right? So I think this brings up an interesting one, which is in the evolutionary mindset, right? Like, just think for yourself through how certain behaviors will signal to your body. Like, hey, you were talking about it too, right? Think how, if you exercise a certain way, what signals that would send to your genes, if you eat with a certain modality or frequency, what signals that would send to your genes? And if you actually break it down, you don't have to know a whole lot about it. It's actually fairly simple mechanistic model that is usually accurate. So examples that Chris just gave, anaerobic versus aerobic. What is aerobic as a signal to your body? What is anaerobic as a signal to your body? 
skew towards anaerobic, not aerobic. Eating. Hey, you were talking about it earlier. These bodybuilders, they eat every three hours. Very specific, predictable, non-volatile meals. What signals is that sending to your body? You probably don't want to do that. Like a third one is, if we think about carbs more broadly, right? Like calories are not all equal. A calorie of carb is not the same as a calorie of protein. A calorie of carb is just energy. So bring it back to our model. If you're infusing your body with a lot of energy, then it has this constant fuel to run on. It has no need to mobilize its own fuel, thus making you thinner in the process. Um, so a third sort of principle I'd add on top of that is calories are not equal. And if you eat, you know, 1,500 calories worth of carbs a day, those carbs are going to flood the bloodstream and the extra stuff that's not used is going to get stored as fat. If the 1,500 calories is fat and protein, then you're not going to put on that same amount of fat. And that's just a very simple energy principle, right? If you don't use a full load of energy, then surplus has to go get stored somewhere as potential. So I just encourage people to, when you're thinking about these things, it's not all that super complicated, despite all the MDs and PhDs and YouTube goblins telling you all this shit. Think for yourself, build these very simple models, and usually they'll be accurate guides to your behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm completely on board with you. I mean, it's, um, it's like, what's easy? What's simple? You know, and, and I've done the thing where I, I've lost weight eating like a higher carb, lower fat approach, and I was making all these fucking protein cookies and shit and it was like i did lose weight doing it and whatever i was still good in the gym but um the amount of time and and like thought i had to put into this was just you know ridiculous um whereas opposed to doing like doing like what you're saying i mean i don't, I don't know i'm a huge fan of, of a carniv carnivore diet or you know a mainly meat-based diet right and it and it's like very nutrient dense and it's simple you're not hungry all the time you're not wondering about you know what what's my little protein cookie i'm gonna eat in fucking three hours so yeah i definitely i'm on board with you there one of the things i wanted to mention too is is the supplement industry because we've kind of been you know hinting at how, how much bullshit basically is out there and i think supplements are a good thing to bring up because i've fallen into that rabbit hole of like okay, like I'm going to do this and this and this at, at these times, right? And this this one that helps mobilize fat, this one that helps, you know, uh, build muscle and the protein shakes and the creatine. And that shit is exhausting, you know? It's And people who are trying to sell you products online, like they're going to have you think that this is going to be like the game changer for you, right? When in reality, it's maybe like a 2% difference. Um, like at the end of the day, health principles are so simple that it's it's hard to make money off of like what actually works you know <laughs> and um so it's just something to keep in mind i mean i don't know when i know when i went down the rabbit hole of trying to learn about fitness there's just a lot of shit out there that's gonna kind of steer you the wrong way but it's it's actually pretty simple at the end of the day so are you saying one of your mental models is if someone's making a lot of money off of fitness it's a it's a scam dude i mean <laughs> it, it it is a good mental model honestly like like who, you got to think about what does somebody stand to gain from this i mean for example like the fasting i mean there's jason fung who's kind of a fasting guru and he sells books about it and stuff but like how much money can you really make by just telling people not to eat i mean 
it's kind of hard, right? It's a pretty simple thing. I see people trying to sell eBooks. Like here's the fasting secrets. It's like, dude, you don't, it's so fucking simple. Right. Um, (laughs) the supplements, the supplements examples, I think also a good one. Um, so people peddle, you know, whatever magnesium, um, glycine, and maybe there's like this 2% incremental benefit you can get. Um, but what stays hidden is all the side effects, right? What stays hidden is, um, what sort of emergent effects occur in the body that will show up over years and years and years and years, right? Like the iatrogenics of the situation. That's what I think is the trickiest because a lot of these compounds are isolates, right? They're synthesized in ways that we would not have encountered in nature. Um, so God knows what the effects, the downstream effects are within, uh, within the body, which is why I think health, I mean, largely in, in many domains, but for health in particular, taking a, um, taking a via negativa approach, removing what is obviously unhealthy is a far more robust option than trying to add all of these little trinkets that might have a benefit. It's just, um, that's a deep risk. And, and, and I think that the sort of Lindy effect, the idea that the longer things have been around, the longer they'll continue to be around. Um, it's particularly important for the domain of health because um, while that model is not really a generative one it doesn't allow you to experiment and build and innovate. So maybe it shouldn't be used for things like um, technological innovation, but with the body, the, the problem with the human body is the downside of tinkering is catastrophic, right? And so if you're dealing with something where the downside is, is death or demise, um, then I think you should skew towards removing those things uh, that are negative as opposed to experimentation with supplements. And Tej, what's the Lindy effect? Uh, the Lindy effect basically just, it's for it's for non-perishable things. Um, it basically says um, the longer they have been around, the longer their lives have been, uh, the longer their future lives are to be. So if you think about um, think about like a religion, the longer a religion's been around, the longer it's probably going to stick with us. You know, the Bible, capitalism. Um, I think when I read Fooled by Randomness, I I feel like Nassim Taleb talked about that. Like, like the, these time tested ideas are right way more often than like some new, like revolutionary approach. Right. Yeah. He popularized the concept. Like it's, he kind of is the source of it. He might even coined it. I don't know if he coined it, but he made it, he blew it up. Who, who, who's this Lindy lad? Lindy was like some coffee shop or something in New York. And it had just uh, been around a long time. Yeah. Lindy's Lindy's delicate Lindy's delicatessen in New York. Nice call. <laughs> I've read awesome. the Wikipedia page like in the last couple of years. The, um <laughs> the origin of the term can be traced to Albert Goldman, who is an American writer. Um yeah, I think I think having a few mental models in the health and fitness space. One, the evolutionary paradigm is a good one, a good compass. Um, thinking about incentives and making sure that uh, if someone's making a lot of money off of health, it, it's a it's a it's a warning sign. 
I think something I try to go off is like you should also like trust your body and your intuitive sense of like if something feels good versus doesn't feel good. So if you're in some type of like chronic um, discomfort, you're probably doing something wrong. Um, if you feel very tired and sleepy and like, you know, fatigued, then you're probably doing something wrong. Um, and so using your own intuitive sense of like your energy and your feelings uh, is a way to judge whether what the people out in the outside world are telling you, whether, you know, it works or it doesn't work. Because realistically, there's no truth in in health and fitness. There's just things that work and they don't work. Um, and yeah. so, you know, people are going to peddle you scientific truths, but it, like it's really just about how it pragmatically makes you feel and, and what it lets you accomplish, which is like feeling good for long periods of time, right? It's kind of what health is. Longevity is feeling good for <laughs> throughout your life. So yeah, and you and can it, only I, go off your own intuition. And it, I think a good thing to keep in mind too is a lot of the information out there is peddled by people who like that is their job is fitness or dieting, right? And like that is their complete life is focused on that. Whereas like for most people, it's just like, oh, I have my job, I have my family, my friends, and like, oh, I also need to diet and, and resistance train or whatever. And so just to remember that, like that they're constantly trying to be optimal and that you, most people aren't like that, right? Most people aren't like an IFBB pro bodybuilder or like, you know, a CrossFit fucking champion, whatever. So a lot of what those people are going to tell you is it, it could work, but it doesn't mean it's necessary. It's never, it's never necessary, honestly. <laughs> but like the things that work are not, they're not always sexy. Like they're just, they're simple. Right. I mean, I think we secretly want some, some shortcut that'll just make everything super easy and we'll find it online. Um, yeah. But really, like, what works is simple, but it's still hard. Like, it's hard to, like, you want to make it simple, but it doesn't mean it's going to be necessarily easy. Like, if you go and do 200 push-ups, like, it's never going to be, like, easy doing 200 push-ups, especially towards the end. You're like, fuck, I keep, you know? So yeah. there's kind of, like, a, the, the amount of time you can put in can be short, but it's still going to take a lot of effort. Um, For sure. That's why you want to like minimize all the surrounding friction around the effort. Like you want your effort that you're putting in not to be like driving to the gym. You want it to be like doing the last 10% of the pushups you need to do. <laughs> right. Um, There's this, I, I, I don't know who the quote is, but I've heard Stan Efferding say it and it's the work or it's, what is it? It's like the, the work you're trying to, the secret is in the work you're trying to avoid or something. You know what I mean? It's like everybody wants this like hack mm -hmm. or like way to kind of circumvent the work, but like just doing it is, is the secret, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just fucking lift right. and like I mean, eat less food or whatever. A lot of that, a lot of the exercise stuff is actually, it's like you got to put in the work and, and grind through the discomfort to get the benefits, to get the output. But in my view, there's a lot of stuff that, um, that underpins sort of bedrock health that's not only simple, but very, very easy. For example, like people who go out of their minds trying to concoct a skincare routine, right? When in my experience, sun, 
good air and a cold shower mm -hmm. will do far more for you than just this elaborate route. Like what, what are these elaborate routines? Like, what are we doing? Like your skin, your skin has been refined over a million years to be good at what it does. And then you're just like slathering it and like milk juice. Like, Dude, you know, that is such a good point. Sun. Also, like that, I'll, that, I'll that, add fasting that's to that. That's a simple example, right? F I, fasting, I've noticed, helps fasting, my skin exactly. an incredible like, amount. Yeah. Fasting, sun, cold showers, it's like, it's so, it's so simple, you know? Like you said, yeah, dude, that's such a good point. These fucking skincare, I, that's, I, I see it more towards females, but I also, dude, I've, I've been getting fucking targeted with these male skincare routines now. They're trying to, like, make it cool to, like, have your fucking eye cream and lotion and shit. It's like, dude... Yeah. You don't need any yeah. of that shit, man. Get out of here. Get out of here, snake oil. Salesman. Yeah, bro. I also think that, like, it's, it's, uh, I'm reading this book, um, recommended to me by, by, by a friend called 48 Laws of Power. Um, and they give all these examples of these charlatans who, who, who exploit this very specific human vulnerability. Like, when people have a problem, they want a like an elaborate, dramatic, romantic panacea, right? To to solve it, right? Like something like it's a problem, so it needs this big, important um, solution. So like you know, guys would set up you know their you know occult healing sites in a church, and then they would see all the people in the town, and they would all come because of how alluring his you know moon light practice was and it would cure them of various diseases right in reality what you probably needed was you know just fix your diet get outside every once in a while um but i think it's human to look for something some elaborate um performance yeah so like the skincare thing right it's uh it's sort of like a it's sort of like a play it's sort of like a little little play you do for yourself every morning right it has a has a cadence to it and an order and I don't know. There, there, there's there's something there. There's some bias in there. Maybe multiple bias. Yeah. Here's your three step thing, and you're like, it's a system. Climb the fucking ladder, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Something there. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I don't know. Maybe this is going on a limb, but like enterprises are kind of like that too. It's like, oh, if you do this and hit your target, and then you're gonna do this, and it, and it like kind of sets you up to think like, oh, if I get this promotion, and then I'm doing this, and then I'm then I'm managing people and I'm important and like, you know, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> this has nothing to do with health, but yeah. we, we're looking for that. I think it, what, what you're saying, we're looking for that like complex model to like get us to a point where, oh, then we're going to be happy and then we're going to have it figured out and it's going to solve the issue or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, there's maybe a, um, a fallacious, and connection between valuable and, and complex when a lot of the more valuable solutions are actually just dead, dead simple. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something I think about a lot where I, I find myself trying to like add something to my life to improve it, where it's often more beneficial to let go of things. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of something I've, I felt like I learned from meditating, exactly. you know? Um, like, like simplifying it and just letting go of the things actually moves you forward. And instead of like, oh, I need to go get this and add it to my life or go there. It's like, no, I just need to be here and 
let other things go, you know? I don't know. It's very uh, abstract. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. I feel that. No, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, uh, meditation is kind of like to the mind as fasting is to the body. You know, they're both trying to basically forego same things. Um, it's, like, it's like what crypto is to fiat. <laughs> Maybe a limb. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe a limp a limp limb well lads um let's see anything else here um yeah i think i think that's i think that's good i mean we covered a lot of different things anybody uh you guys have like closing thoughts uh, i think we, we kind of captured a lot of a lot of what needed capturing, I think. Is there any term kind of about that? Maybe one of you guys already said it, but like simple versus complex. Like what was the thing you were explaining, TJ, about? Is there any like mental model that someone's term? I'm sure there is, but. I, mean, I think I think the uh, the minimum effective dose is a is a is a uh, is a helpful little model um, that often it doesn't take that much of a stressor or the right behavior um, to give you a desirable level of output. So it doesn't have to be a whole long affair. It doesn't have to be a whole complex affair. You just gotta find those few behaviors that deliver gains to you um, and then put some intensity into them. Um, but yeah, we don't need to overcomplicate the whole thing. I think I think MED is, MED well, well describes it. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and we will see you on the next episode. Peace.